You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Hey friends, welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals we have right here in the United States. This is episode 142 of American Sex Podcast. I'm Sunny Megatron. My co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg, who you'll be hearing from in just a little bit. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and we are kinky perverts too. Also, we're married. So winter is coming. It is cuffing season. And in many parts of the country, very soon, it is about to be cold as hell. And we are still in the thick of dealing with COVID. Yes, and y'all have heard the news by now. Trump has COVID. Melania has COVID. At the time of this recording, 32 minutes ago, breaking news, Kellyanne Conway has COVID. Who knows by the time this airs, probably half the White House will have COVID. And I could spend the next hour telling y'all how I feel about that. But you can probably guess. And anyway, that's not this week's topic. Enough of him, enough of them, back to us. So we've been dealing with all this COVID BS since spring, and it's not getting any better. There's no dungeon parties to go to. There are no kinky conventions. There's no get-togethers, no orgies, no dates. And now it's going to be cold and miserable outside. We have had absolutely enough. So this week, Sarah Sloan joins us to talk about what we can do as kinky or polyamorous, swingy, even vanilla people, what we can do when it comes to dating during COVID. How do we safely meet new people? How do we assess our COVID risk profile and match it up to other people to date that have similar values? How do we reevaluate our own safety precautions to allow a little more social interaction and wiggle room in our lives? Sarah gives us practical advice for navigating first dates, strategies for finding people with similar virus ethics, and ways we can play that mitigate our risk and a whole lot more. There are strategies that we can all start putting in place right the hell now that we are sure going to thank ourselves for come the dead of winter. Oh, and you're like, wait, who's Sarah Sloan? She sounds familiar. Sarah is a Chicago-based sex, kink, and relationship educator and coach, as well as the director of operations and communications at Hashtag Open. That's a dating app that prioritizes personal empowerment and choice and welcomes people engaged in kink and ethical non-monogamy. For the past two decades, Sarah's been helping others create the sex, intimacy, and relationships that they desire through education and personal coaching. It's a good conversation, y'all. But before we get there, you know what we got to do? We got to wash the balls. If you're like, wash the what? Wash the ball? What are you talking about? If you're new here, that's what we call housekeeping because, you know, it's a lot more fun to scrub-a-dub-dub your balls than to scrub down a house, right? Okay, so first... Have you joined me on TikTok yet? So I make sex and kink content there now, and I keep accidentally 
uh, making viral videos. Whoops. Yay. I, I don't know. But come on over and join me. I have the link in the show notes for uh, episode 142 at americansexpodcast.com. Secondly, make sure you join us for our free live streams on Get Vocal. The next one is Wednesday, the 7th of October at 8 p.m. The address is bit.ly slash ASP stream. And again, every link we mention in this episode will be in the show notes for episode 142. So if you're missing them now, don't worry, just just go look up the show notes page and you'll get them all. So this Wednesday, we're having a BDSM Q&A session. And at that site, you can catch recordings of all of our past streams. We have over 40 hours of free educational content there. Plus, I'm going to be on hashtag opens get vocal stream soon too. That will be on Wednesday, the 14th of October. And I'm going to be talking about how to make pervertible. So you got to join me for that too. Oh, oh, American fuckers, you know what time it is. It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. Our Patreon family just keeps on growing. Want to give a big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Jennifer and Cam and Karen Lee Potter for becoming American Sex Podcast Patreon members this week. And if you don't know Cam and Karen Lee, they're the duo behind the Sex Talk with My Mom podcast. You got to listen to it. It's great. Uh, thank you all so much. We really, really appreciate it. And if you're like, hmm, what's all this about? You too can become an American Sex Podcast member. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash American Sex. And we'll send you stuff too. You get bonus stories from our guests. There's one up right now from Sarah. That's amazing. Extra full-length episodes. All of our regular episodes early. I'll send you American Sex Podcast stickers in the mail. You get a shout out. All sorts of other stuff. So come on over. And as you may or may not know, Ken and I give almost all of our sex ed content away for free. And that includes a lot more than just this podcast. We do this because we believe these conversations are absolutely critical. They're life-changing, they're marriage-saving, and relationship-improving, and all that other stuff. And people need to have access to them. So by supporting us, you allow our content to remain free for everyone. Also, shit's weird right now with COVID. So you're actually putting dinner on the table and we really appreciate it. Again, patreon.com slash American sex. Also, if you've been with me for a while, you know, I've been in the past a teacher and team leader at Amy Jo Goddard's Firewoman Retreats. And there's another one coming up at the end of October. And yeah, I am teaching again. I'm so excited. Firewoman is open to all woman identified and non-binary people. And I'm telling you, it is magical. I am not kidding. I've often described my past experiences with Firewoman as being more valuable than a whole year of therapy but all crammed into one weekend. There's a free opening ceremony you can attend on Thursday, October 22nd. And then the retreat spans from October 23rd to 25th. I'll have a link to these things in the show notes for episode 142 at americansexpodcast.com. And I would love for you to join us. Okay, two more things. And they're free. First, are you a member of our sex positive discord community yet? 
If not, come on over. It's bit.ly slash discord ASP. We talk about everything there, sex, kink, mental health, off topic. We're so friendly. It's such an active community. We'd love for you to come join. Have some convos with us. And last thing, are you a geek like we are? I think you might be. Like you're into tabletop role-playing games like Dungeons & Dragons, Pathfinder, Call of Cthulhu. Well, Ken's new side gig is running these types of games online, and he specializes in teaching new people how to play. You can watch him stream games on Twitch for free a few nights a week. I play in a game with Dirty Lola, Kevin Patterson from Poly Role Models, and longtime fan and friend of the show, Nisha, on Tuesday nights. Come on over, watch, cheer us on. You can even do things that will affect the game. You could screw us over if you really want to. It's at twitch.tv slash thunderpantsrpg. And Ken is also available for professional game master services too. So go to the show notes for his Twitter handle and his, his contact information and get your game on. All right, American fuckers, these balls are squeaky ass clean. You hear that? Here's Sarah Sloan with helpful tips on how the hell we're going to get through this winter without letting the lack of human contact get the best of us. All right, we've got on the line Sarah Sloan, and I'm really, I'm happy to be talking to you for a number of reasons. One, I just like talking to you. Um... But two, we're all in some collective shit right now when it comes to dating and socializing and figuring out what the hell we're going to do. Like when COVID hit and, and, you know, this is even with me and Ken, when COVID hit, we were like, hunker down. We're not going to see anyone. We're, you know, Mm -hmm. and we isolated for months and we just for the first time had backyard social distance masked friends over which I, th- mm-hmm. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ken, if we would have told ourselves in April that we were going to have backyard friends, we'd be like, no, too dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's like, we're like, we're fucking human and we're lonely. Yeah. Um, and this is happening with dating. So now oh, we're yeah. like in phase two of like, this shit's real. It's here to stay. And we would like mm-hmm. to fuck. Um, so what what are your thoughts? Like, where are we? What are you thinking? Where's your brain? Oh, so I... I, you know, when we originally talked about this topic, I was like, oh, I want to talk about this because, you know, between my work as a sex educator and also my work as director of communications at Hashtag Open, I'm kind of seeing a lot of different things at play. I feel like I feel like I kind of am armchair quarterbacking the whole thing and going like, oh, yeah, I can totally see this happening. And also I'm in the middle of it. And I yesterday went to my doctor who is amazing and knows that I do ethical non-monogamy. She knows that I'm queer. She knows that I'm kinky. Um, And I, I kind of had this conversation with her a little bit and we were talking about how people are moving into a place where they're making decisions for their own sanity, but there's almost an edge of uh, fear around it. Um, I think because we all remember what March and April and May look like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, so like having this opportunity to talk about what do we know, how can we approach this and what can we do for ourselves to make sure that we're going to be able to get through the next six months to a year? Um, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. And I, 
I watched what happened at the beginning. I watched how different people handled it. And I looked at in the long term, what is, what are some techniques and what are some things that we can be mindful of? And I really hope we're learning those lessons right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm seeing things from people that are all over the place. You know, we're part Mm -hmm. of the the greater sex positive community. So mm-hmm. by default, you know, the, the the kinky folks and and whatnot, we're more used to um, mitigating risk and negotiating, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. It's just sort of built into our culture. So it, mm-hmm. it, in that respect, I'm seeing a lot of people carefully weighing out, you know, like, okay, we have one friend who has a long distance partner and it's like, it, it's been, you know, six plus months. Okay, we are going to to see each other, but we're going to do this elaborate quarantine and we're going to get tested. And then we're, you know, th- like they very, very thoughtfully thought this out, you know, as a, um, mm-hmm. risk reduction, you know what I mean? Harm mm-hmm. reduction. And then I'm seeing other people that are just like, well, fuck this. You know, I'm, I'm seeing swing clubs that are open. Yep. I'm seeing people just going on their merry ass way, like nothing is going on. And I, and I guess those people were always those people. You know what I mean? But then I'm seeing people yeah. who were cautious who are now just like, fuck it. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what's right. It's also, uh, you know, we, when you said earlier that we are used to having these conversations, we're used to having them in a very specific way, right? Mm-hmm. We're used to talking about sexual risk and physical harm. And so we can have an STI conversation. We can have a conversation about barriers. We can have a conversation about acceptable risk when it comes down to uh, HSV or gonorrhea or HIV. But those also assume that everybody is coming to it from a place of personal empowerment and personal strength. Mm. And they come, they assume that we're going to come to those conversations with the idea that our health is paramount. And the reality is that, and you and I all know this, that that's not always the way people come to safer sex conversations. You know, people come to those conversations sometimes feeling afraid that if they don't say yes, that they're not going to get an opportunity to play or to feel good about themselves. People come to them with lots of other needs and fears that are underneath the surface, and they affect how people navigate STIs. Mm -hmm. And STI conversations are a little simpler because it's very much like, okay, if I am not physically doing this thing with you, then we can reasonably well assure that an STI is not going to happen and we can we can limit our contact with other people. So there are specifically things that we can do to limit that. But when we're talking about a virus that's airborne and that's transmitted through tiny droplets of saliva and through tiny droplets of viral load that's basically you know, ejaculating out into the world, it's, it's a whole different animal. Yeah. And so, you know, like we're, we're at such a disadvantage, even though we, we, we have better tools, I think for folks who are kinky or ethically non-monogamous, but it doesn't mean that we're coming to the table on a place of, of personal power. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're all scared. We're all, we've all got people that have had the virus. We've got most of us have known somebody who's had severe effects from it or passed away from mm-hmm. it. Um, we're also all human beings with lots of our own stressors going on. And so 
for a lot of us that solo isolate, you know, there's also the fear of like, do I have to do six more months of basically living in my house and not talking to anybody? So that adds a little edge of, of panic or of fear to the proceedings. Yeah. So even though we know, okay, these are the physical activities that we should limit in order to prevent uh, the spread of COVID. Um, whether or not we can do that has a lot to do with our emotional well-being. Yes, which I don't know about y'all, but my emotional well-being is kind of really questionable yeah. <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Nobody's, this is the myth is that anybody is doing this well. Yeah. Like that's the greatest myth that we have right now. And the reality is nobody's doing this well. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I'm, I mean, I'm scared. I'm, I've never been so scared in my entire life. I'm over, I'm, yeah. I'm a man over 50 with diabetes and two heart conditions and I'm immunocompromised mm-hmm. on top of it. Yeah. Like I can't like, and like, I, I don't think I'll ever be able to be, I, I don't know if, you know, poly is even going to be an option for me. Cause like, Right. Who's going to want to go through all of that just to like, you know, because that's going to be a lot of quarantine. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I don't think my dick is that special, to be honest. I'm not worth all that. <laughs> you don't have a death defying <laughs> dick. Um, so, like, okay, you know what you were saying, Ken, it's like facing the reality that life is not going to be, you know, you're not going to be able to have poly partners. We're not going to be able to go to mm-hmm. dungeon parties or even no. kinky karaoke or anything. Um, I could so, do Zoom fuck dates, and that's about it. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Virtual. So, Sarah, what do you think that we can do to help ourselves, who, you know, whether we're in the position that we're in, or even if we're more vanilla daters? What can we do mm-hmm. to sustain ourselves to make up for that? Because, I mean, you were saying, you know, it all depends on our emotional well-being. And as human beings, we yeah. need to be connected to people, or it affects our emotional well-being negatively. So mm-hmm. it's like a catch-22. What do we do? Yes. So a few things that I would love for folks to think about. One is to look at what you need to do yourself in order to feel reasonably safe and comfortable in the world in general. Um, For a lot of folks, this is kind of pointing out the fact that we've neglected ourselves. Um, And it's it's kind of like we talk about self-care. This is like self-care on steroids. Um, What do I need in order to feel like I am a good enough person? on my own? What do I need to do in order to feel safe? What are the things that I can ask for from other people to support my well-being? Um, Rather than trying to figure out how we need to negotiate in order to give them what they want, we need to start with what do we need in order to feel safe? And there's no right or wrong answer to that. Uh, You know, everybody has different acceptable levels of risk. When we talk about STIs, you know, some people feel like it's totally okay to have PIV sex as long as there's no ejaculation in the vagina. Or some people feel like it's not okay to have unburied oral sex. And they can both be right for them. Um, so, so the first thing is we have to figure out what is actually right for us. What, what level of risk feels okay for us? Then we have to have that conversation with the people who are most likely to be impacted by our choices. So in the case of y'all living together, um, figuring out like what, what is the level of risk that you're willing to engage in? If you're living with somebody that has to be a communal decision. Which so often it's not. I am hearing stories of roommates and people getting kicked out of their houses and fights and, you know, like just, 
trauma and tears oh. and crying and and it's just it's awful you know if it's i mean if, we have our bad days but nothing like that right but i think you yeah. know if it's romantic partners it it is it, it you have a vested interest in making your partner happy of course when you're mm-hmm. 23 and you've got a roommate you're like fuck yep. you let's do some more bog ribs like whatever i don't know but you know what i'm saying <laughs> is that what the kids are saying uh, these days grandma <laughs> yeah that's what the kids are saying these days the gen zers um but you know what i'm saying that we uh, used yeah. to get netflix in the mail <laughs> <laughs> We did, though. I, I am feeling specifically called out by this 100% relatable content. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's like people in, in those situations are having a really hard fucking time. And then yeah. also I think about uh, this is never I, I am so thankful we moved to a warmer climate. Oh, my goodness. Because yes. winter's coming. Yeah, it's very oh my Game god! Of how Game of Thrones! I know of you. winter is coming, my sweet summer child. <laughs> oh, oh my I'm god! Are you, you flirting with me right now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, baby! <laughs> yes, I want that death-defying dick. Anyway, I don't know how we got here. Anyway, um, so winter is coming, and, and so am I. <laughs> shut, up, shut up! And you know, at least before I think about when we lived in Chicago. You know, mm-hmm. at least you could go out for a walk by yourself, you know, put your mask mm-hmm. in your pocket, whatever. And I know those cold Midwestern winters. No, now I'm happy mm-hmm. here because I'm like, finally, it's not 110 degrees. I can actually go for a walk oh, all winter. Like, I'm right? excited about winter because I can go outside yeah. and, and breathe some air. So all these people, you. you know, it's cuffing season. We're all locked yeah. locked inside. It's snowing. Um, Yeah, I just, I, I get worried for people who especially in those roommate situations yeah they can't get away and we're all yeah. i think we're gonna feel like we're caged animals come january yep yep and i think that it's really important that people figure out ways to get their needs met now mm-hmm. that that feel relatively safe so like how like um, give me an example what, what do you mean by that um so I have a tremendous amount of privilege. I, you know, I'm still here in Chicago and love it. Absolutely love it. And know that winter is coming and know that over the summer, I realized that it's not actually that I need to date more people. It's that I just need to see the people that I already care about. And that can happen socially distanced, right? I, I don't need to be snuggling with all of these people. I just need to feel connected. Um, my landlady and I, uh, she, she owns a building nearby. Um, she comes over here and hangs out in the backyard. She's been one of the people that I've been socializing with pretty regularly through this. And we're talking about getting a propane heater for the backyard, <gasps> you know? And so, cause they're not that expensive, but like, there's a level of privilege that we have is a, we have a concrete backyard and B we can chip in on, on a propane heater. But what I'm looking at on a personal level right now as somebody who lives alone is uh, what are the risks that I'm willing to take and with whom, Um, you know, how do I navigate this space of, I know that I need to see my people. Um, How do I, how do I drop the risks as much as possible? So there are a couple of my friends, not my partner who I've been so, you know, like we've been seeing each other throughout this. um, But my friends that I love that are my family of choice, how do I negotiate this with them? And so I've done a lot of research and I understand that 
there are ways to be in the same room with somebody that reduce the risk substantially um, and to within my personal level of comfort. Um, you know, I am, I am like you can, I'm over 50. I, however, don't have a lot of the other things that we know tend to lead to a worse outcome. So for me, it might be okay for me to have somebody in my living room, six feet away with good ventilation, an air filter, and we're wearing masks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're all good. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that feels really safe for me. So I'm, I'm thinking about what are the things that would make it feel safe. And I'm having really in-depth conversations with people to determine who are the people that I'm going to be doing that with. Um, you know, and for me, some of, some of my uh, family of choice have no other partners locally. Their partners are out of town, so they don't see them very often. And they both work from home and live in the same house. And so for me, looking at them like, oh, these are people whose risk profile is actually really similar to mine. Ah. You know, so it's looking for people who you can kind of create that intentional community. Right. With. So now um, what about for people who, you know, cause I'm thinking of, of us, we have established mm-hmm. connections. We already have partners, maybe, you know, like mm-hmm. Ken and I live together. We have options, right? Yeah. Let's say you are, you don't have a partner. Let's say you've been, you know, searching for somebody, you're doing the first date thing, you know, and maybe yeah. compound that with you just moved to a new city, you know, didn't know this yeah. was going to happen. You don't got a lot of friends. You, you don't have a partner. You want mm-hmm. to, you know, whether it's going on the internet or whatever, meet people and date because yeah. you're fucking lonely and you're sick of Zoom. Yep. Yep. What yep. do you, how do you broach that? I think the, the positive thing is that everybody's trying to figure out how to broach that. So you're not going to be the downer by having this conversation early. Uh, because if you're not having the conversation early and they're not bringing the conversation up early, I would question whether dating is even a thing that you should be focusing on. Mm. You know, it's, it really is the case of with ethical non-monogamy. One of the things we talk about is here are my other partners. Here's what their needs are. That has to be one of the first things that we talk about when we're exploring going out on a first date with somebody. Right. right? So when we're looking for potential partners during this, um, at hashtag open, we saw a bunch of people at the very beginning of this who were really panicking because we didn't even know what was going to be safer mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and we knew that we were on lockdown. And I think going into the winter, we're a step ahead. We know what to look out for. We know a lot more facts about this virus. Um, on the positive side, while the infection rates are going up, the interventions that are happening are actually creating slightly better outcomes for people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but we, we have a little bit more of a sense of, of what we need to prepare for. Um, We can get out with people. We can still go out on first dates. Um, There are a lot of restaurants here in Chicago that are trying to navigate having outdoor dining with heaters around so that people can still go out to a restaurant in the winter time and have relative safely Mm. safety. Um, but I think finding people in an app that really invites people to be honest and authentic is the, is the first step. Right. Um, 
you know, there are a lot of apps. I actually cracked up. I'm just going to totally say this. I was looking at other dating apps today because I'm, you know, I, that's what I do. Right. It's opposition research, you know. Um, and I was I was looking at an app that is, I will not name it, but it is specifically made for people who want to cheat on their partner. Okay. Right? Okay. Um, you know, that one. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Free medicine. Did you know? <laughs> I can't say that. Um, <laughs> do you know that they have family sharing available for that so that you can share it with other people in your family group? Wait, what? Is <laughs> yes! this marketed oh towards God, southern it, states? I don't know. <laughs> I just saw that and was just like, well, that's hilarious. It's like, yeah. can you imagine some person who's trying to like get a, get get something away, get away with something, um, forgetting to not share that app? with the other people in their family group. <gasps> I can totally see that happening. Oh my goodness. I just, I lost it. I was just like, nobody outside of our communities would think this is hilarious. I think it's hilarious. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. But wow. Um, so yeah, so that was just an aside of like, <laughs> here's, here's a fucked up thing I saw today. Wow. Um, so there are a lot of dating apps that are out on the market that don't necessarily prioritize honest communication. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say those are not the places to look for a potential partner if you are worried about your own safety. Yeah. You know, it look for places where you will be likely to find somebody who is going to show respect, who is going to be willing to engage in a bigger conversation. Um, honestly, I think that if you're ethically non-monogamous, some of the better places where you would normally meet are going to be great for this because again, we at least have a tool work toolbox that we can use to have these conversations Um, for folks who are exploring as a monogamous person. I would say, look for options where you're getting an opportunity to easily get into longer conversations with people. Mm. Um, So it's not just a real quick swipe, white, right. And hook up. Right. Kind of an app. Right. Um, We also want to make sure that we're building in some time to make sure that our gut feels good about it. Yeah. Um, You know, it's one of the things that one of our co-founders, Amanda, said early on is that she felt like the positive that might come from this from a dating perspective is that rather than looking for the quick hookup, people might focus on the long game. And I really agree with that. I think that while a hookup for tonight is totally awesome. When we're looking at creating connections with people, a lot of times we forget that those really amazing connections often come because of a lot of conversation or because of a period of time of getting to know somebody. Right. And really kind of leaning into the richness that can happen when we develop deeper intimacy. Mm -hmm. And so this may be a time to do that. Um, and if you're looking for what you hope will be a very long-term healthy relationship, taking a little bit more time on the getting to know you side is a good thing. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. You know? uh, so, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I had a quick question. Um, one of the things that I really don't like about most of the modern dating apps are that if you are over the age of, say, 45, they put certain information either behind a paywall or they make it so that it's mm-hmm. not available are you following that model at all? Or is things available to you regardless of age, as long as you're like 18 or over? Yeah, we are open to anybody from 18 until, you know, the sky's the limit. If you're old enough to own a phone, <laughs> you know, if you can figure out how to use it, we're down with it. Um, we actually 
we currently don't charge any money for the app. So we've made a decision that, you know, as we're growing our community right now, everything is free and we will always have free membership. Right. Um, that has been really important to us because we know that our community can only be as diverse as, as we create the space for it to be. Um, we are actually looking at potentially doing some additional paid features, but never something that is going to block off people based on age or based on gender. We don't want to create that kind of an environment. Amen. Good. You know, that's, that's a really important thing for us. I know that, you know, there are a couple of them out there that start off really expensive with membership and, and they go up based on age. And I think for a lot of us that are marginalized folks, like, you know, as a woman, I've certainly been in places where I was charged very little, but, you know, like going to some of the kink clubs and swing oh, clubs, yes. you know, I can get in for 10 bucks, a single man, if he can get in at all is a hundred so what is that, what kind of environment does that create right. in terms of what the person who paid $100 feels like they're entitled to, mm -hmm. you know? So there's that piece of it in my head as an individual. Um, but yeah, we, we really want to create a community that's been really critical to David and Amanda and to the rest of our team. Mm -hmm. And so we do our best to make sure that it is a welcoming and respectful community. That's great. That is great. Yeah. yeah. So I have a, a, a thought, you know, we were mm -hmm. talking about, you know, trusting people that you are meeting online and taking time to get to know them. And you know, how in, mm -hmm. in the kink community, oftentimes we have references where it's like, you know, yeah. let me talk to a few of your past play partners and see what they have to has anyone ever thought of like COVID references or like just general responsibility Ooh. references? Like, I think that would be awesome if I knew that I could go to, you know, former partners or even close friends or something of that person mm -hmm. and them to be like, oh, no, they've taken this really seriously. You know, this is our mm -hmm. procedure when we get together and have, you know, backyard social distance barbecue yeah. or, or whatever. I think because it's like, I don't know, I when I meet new people. You know how it is. 99% mm -hmm. of the world, they're they're assholes. Like, I am not here for yeah. people's bullshit, and people's bullshit yeah. is everywhere. And, yeah. you know, people tell you all sorts of things when they're strangers. And, you know, that's why I like meeting people or dating people that are in the community that I'm in, because then they're a mm -hmm. friend of a friend, and I could kind of check them out. Or people that yep. don't have social media wig me out, because I'm like, I can't get a feel for like, your friends and how you talk to people. <laughs> and like, I, you know, yeah. I want to know that. So I wonder if like COVID references could or would be a thing. When our routines change, it's easy to forget to check in with yourself. How are you feeling? Do you need a break? If you need to hit pause and take a moment for yourself? Dipsy can help. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. The stories are relatable and immersive, so you feel like you're right there. And there's something for everyone, whatever or whoever you're into. They add new content every week, so there's always more to explore. Find stories about a spontaneous hookup with a hot stranger and getting closer with that sexy barista who always gives you that extra sugar. Or stories about trying a new toy together or getting tied up. The wellness sessions can help you unlock new confidence or heighten intimacy with your partner. 
For listeners of American Sex Podcast, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash sunny, S-U-N-N-Y. Yep, that's a 30-day free trial at D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash sunny. Dipsystories.com slash sunny. Go take care of yourself. If I were to ask you the name of a member of the Beatles or New Kids on the Block, could you answer in under 15 seconds? If the answer is yes, then you need to play Trivia Star. Trivia Star is a free mobile quiz game that's entertaining and challenging. You can choose categories like music, sports, TV, movies, animals, celebrities. There's over 60 categories to choose from, and there's always more trivia to explore. If you choose the correct answer for multiple choices and you beat the clock, then you move on to the next level. The questions get harder over time, but if you get stuck, don't worry. You can use coins and gems to get a hint and beat that level. And Trivia Star has over 2,000 five-star reviews in the Apple Store. Join them today and see if you're smart enough to win. Right now, Trivia Star is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. Just go to the Apple or Google Store and search for Trivia Star. Again, search Trivia Star and enjoy 2,500 coins and 500 gems. Download Trivia Star for free today. You know, I I don't talk a lot about my relationships just in general. Mm-hmm. However, um, I and I and my brand of ethical non-monogamy, even though I have a power exchange relationship with the partner that I'm I'm talking about, mm-hmm. um, says that I don't I don't like cock block him. Right. You know, unless I have a real vivid reason to say I'm really, really not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. I don't say anything. Right. You know, because what gets them off and what gets me off two totally different things. And I can't I, I don't want to create a situation in a relationship where my partner feels judged. Right. So in the course of this, I have actually said I need you to be mindful that I'm going to be really uncomfortable with these two people for a long time. Huh. Uh, because I have seen their behavior. Right. You know, and I've seen them with pictures with with people that are not masked in an indoor environment where there's a lot of other people. And, you know, I'm I'm actually saying like, "Mm, no. Yeah, no. Um, I do like finding out who people's people are. Yes. You know, and I love to ask them big questions about what what they're doing and, and not actually say like, what safety are you engaging in? Like, you know, what are the rules? But kind of say like, Oh, how are you navigating this time with your partners? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, how, how have you been able to stay in touch with your family and just listening to how they describe it. And it's kind of like that thing where if somebody is massively trashing all their exes, you kind of in the back of your head going like, Hmm, one day I'm going to be that ex. Yep. Red flag. You know, you yeah. know, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like there's a flag on the play. Yeah. Um, but I think that listening rather than kind of specifically asking all those hard questions, 
that process of listening to somebody to get to know them and to get to know what they're about, asking those kinds of questions about like, hey, how are you navigating this? What's important to you? You know, I heard Ken earlier when you said, hey, this is really scary for me as somebody who's coming to the table with all of these different reasons that I have to be even more careful about what I do. You know, as I'm hearing that, if I were chatting with you on a dating app, one of the questions I might have to follow that up is, you know, how have you know, how have you been navigating that? Mm -hmm. You know, how are you getting time with people? And I'd be listening to to what you were saying with an eye towards, is this somebody that I think is going to make a good decision when it comes down to it? Yeah. Do they have a sense of fair play? Do they have a sense of uh, taking responsibility for their end of the conversation? You know what? Because those are the people I want to connect. Yeah. With. You know what I think really this is? It's like, these are things we should always be doing yes. when we meet new people. Yep. And we've just historically been really crappy at it. And we mm -hmm. haven't been doing it. And now it's like, we are on like super drive to all start not only yeah. learning these skills, but implementing these skills because literally our life could depend on it. So it's yeah. like when I hear you talking about it, part of my brain is like, well, duh, of course, like you should be doing this anyway. Of course, you should be getting to mm -hmm. know the people that, and and seeing what kind of friends they have. And I mean, that's just safety and, you know, mindfulness. Yeah. And and then I realized like, oh, shit, but none of us actually do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So really, you're telling us to just do the shit that we should have been doing this whole time. And we're really bad at it. And it's got to start inside. It really does. Because if my self-esteem is shit, I'm sure as hell going to not be picky about what I'm trying to stuff inside of me in order to deal with it. Right. Yeah. You know, and the amount of stress that we're all under, I don't care where on the political spectrum you are. If you are not experiencing stress right now, I don't know you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we're all under a lot of stress politically. Most of us are being affected financially really negatively <laughs> yeah. by the pandemic. Um, so we've got financial stress. We've got the stress of COVID. So we're all in a place where we're literally doom scrolling our entire lives. We're looking for things to fill it up. It is so totally normal right now for people to either have zero libido or monster libido yes. or for people to be gaining or losing weight because their eating is is challenged yeah, right now yeah. um people are watching too much tv or they're they're doubling down and working themselves crazy so we're all trying to figure out ways to adapt to this mm -hmm. and being gentle with ourselves right and saying you know what this is going to end like I, you know, I love my doctor so much. She looked at me yesterday. She's like, you know, I am a scientist. I know that we're going to survive this pandemic. You know, like that's, there's no question. The pandemic is going to end. Right. And so we we're while it feels like, Oh my God, we've got the winter coming. I'm never going to touch another penis again in my entire life. Like I know that that's how it feels right now. And I, I, I also know that, of course, it feels that way right now. Right. Yeah. You know, and because when you're in the middle of it, it always feels like crap. Mm -hmm. and, and then you look back you, and you go, oh, that wasn't so bad. Oh, I don't know that we're going to get. Well, to yeah, but, I mean, yeah. <laughs> in what universe is I'm trying to be hopeful. Just let me let me do it. <laughs> you know, I think I think what we can do, though, is the way that I have 
in my better moments, the way that I have approached this, Mm -hmm. which is kind of coming from my background as, as a coach and coming from my background as a person who deals with, um, with PTSD Mm -hmm. is I'm looking for what is the one thing that I can do to make a positive difference as I go down the road. Right. Yeah. And, and sometimes that one thing is like, okay, I can take a couple of minutes and treat myself well today to be a little compassionate with myself so that, you know, I don't keep going on this, this thing of like, oh, you know, Sarah Sloan, you're just not doing enough. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, or I can call somebody, even though it's really hard for me to do phone calls, like I can call somebody I haven't seen for a little while, or I can reply to a couple of text messages that have been banked up, or I can, you know, take a fucking shower or change my fucking shirt or whatever. Right. But what is one thing that I can do? And I think in terms of our, our sexuality and our relationships, that can be a really great way for us to set ourselves up for at least a, a better outcome at the end of this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we've been doing a, a hashtag open educational series ever since this started. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of the coolest things was being at the very beginning of this and saying like, okay, if community is what we're going to be about, how can we double down on that? And started curating an educational series. I know Sunny, you've been, you've, you've come in and checked a few of them yeah. out. We've had some of, they're great. We've had, some of our favorite people or some of your favorite Yay! people. Um, yeah. And, and we've been doing that not necessarily because like we think 800 people are going to show up to it. We've been doing it because we know like, Hey, one way through this is to use this as an opportunity to learn and grow. Right. And so, you know, we've, we've had people that brought, that have joined in with their sweetie, um, whether their sweetie is in the room with them or not even in the same county or state. Mm-hmm. And they've been able to like kind of learn together. Um, for those of us who are like, you know, just priming ourselves with new information or we want to get a little bit of new spank bank material or, or whatever, like you can come in and you can, you can take a workshop together. You can learn a little bit. You can, you know, figure out like, Hey, when I, when I don't have to worry about wearing a mask, when I'm having sex, what kind of sex do I have? You know, like what's still on your bucket list that hasn't been done or what is the stuff you were doing in my case, 20 or 30 years ago, that was really hot, but you kind of lost it along the ways. And especially people who are kinky. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you've been kinky for 20 years, you're like so jaded at that point that it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. If there aren't, if, if there isn't a, if there isn't a budget of a hundred thousand dollars and at least 150 cast members, I just don't know <laughs> if I can get it up. You know? Yeah. You know those people. Yeah. You know those people. Oh, I do. I do. Um, <laughs> But I think that, you know, we can kind of go back to some basics. I got started in kink on a chat room in 97 when I was in the process of ending my marriage. Mm. And the way it's so when I, when all of this happened and everybody's like, oh, I can't play. I was just like, you know what? I played online for a year and a half because I didn't have any local outlets yeah. and it was hot. And that was back and, in the nineties when everyone had angel yeah. fire homepages. Like now oh there's my God. so much technology. Yeah. There's so many cool apps and fucking Bluetooth toys. I and remember like reading people all through shit. magazines back then. Oh, I worked gosh. at an S and M store in Detroit at the time. And back then yeah. it was all through magazines. Everything was, so, I mean, some bullets. But we boards. were, Yeah. But we were doing it. We were getting off. We were we were honing our skills. We were making decisions about like, you know, hey, when I do find a partner, here's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. And 
And there is no reason we can't go back to some of that. And there is no reason that, uh, I mean, I've had some, I, I've had some really um, lovely uh, phone calls mm-hmm. with, with some of my partners since this started. And and phone sex is so uh, underrated. It oh is my God, so totally underrated. underrated. But, you know, again, it's like when you're used to like, you know, being able to swipe right and, and immediately go to a hookup you know, it does require this moment of like, oh, yeah, wait, you know, so yeah, it's lean into this stuff that might have been passe or might be boring, mm-hmm. because, you know, it may not, it, you may still find it boring, but you might not. Right, right. So now I, you know? I'm thinking about, you know, when we were talking about uh, now's the time to make connections and, mm-hmm. you know, foster intimacy and really get to know yeah. people. And there are people where they're like, that's not my thing. It is my kink. It gets me off to have hot stranger sex. And then mm-hmm. you were also talking about some people have become hypersexual while other people have tanking libidos. So let's yep. say you're one of those, I get off on hot stranger sex and my libido is through the freaking roof right now mm-hmm. for people that fit that profile. I mean, yes, we have lots of hot you know, technology that we can use to have sex with strangers online. It's pretty damn hot and shameless plug. I do have an episode all about long distance sex and kink. I will put the link in the show notes at americansexpodcast.com. However, is that the only option? Is there any way to have safe-ish Strangers that like, was it the New York Department of Health? It's like, go to glory holes and wear a mask. Like, is that realistic? Yeah. Can we really do that? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it depends. Like, if you're a guy and you're here in Chicago, there are places where you could do that. That's true. But they're not open right now. Yeah. um, Because, but no, there are ways for you to reduce the risk. Um, You can, one thing is that in a lot of places, rapid testing is available. Mm. And so you can make a decision on when you want your partners to be tested ahead of time. Um, for some people that can be within 24 or 48 hours, mm-hmm. you can pre-screen. Um, you can do things that reduce the ability of virus to travel from your face to your partner's face. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend who's like, you know, I'm into gas masks and rubber. This is my, year. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> Um, you know, and it, it's, you know, it's like, oh yeah, like, like fetish sex can work really well. Um, moving your face further away from the part, your partner's face mm-hmm. actually is safer. Mm. Um, so doggy style right. is a little safer. Um, making sure that there is really good airflow in the room. And if you can, an air filter. I, I read online somebody has got plans for basically taking a box fan and putting a, a furnace filter on it hmm. and how well that actually cleans the air in the room. So you can you can cobble something together for under $50. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know that the things that we can do to reduce risk is airflow, is um, keeping our faces away from each other. Um, you can wear a mask. You can make it really hot. Mm-hmm. Um, how often have you seen people who do the doctor-nurse fantasies? It's like they're wearing yeah. a surgical mask the whole time. You can involve the mask in your fetish play. Ooh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or I was just thinking, like, let's say you're really into feet, 
Like maybe you can Mm -hmm. have the partner wear like a disposable surgical mask in their shoe on their way to meet you. Mm -hmm. And then you wear that mask and you smell their feet. I'm just, I'm trying to think outside the box again. He's looking at me like, what? Looking at all of the things that turn you on. Yeah. And this is where, like, if you haven't done a yes, no, maybe, we have one uh, that's available on the hashtag open website, or you can email us at support. We're happy to send one. I think you have one as well. But going through a yes, no, maybe and think about, like, what is it that really turns me on, really gets me off? It's like, as a as a dominant type person, I love tease and denial. You know how easy it is to tease and denial somebody when you're socially distant in the backyard? I can lock somebody up and put my feet on their crotch and talk really fucking filthy to them. And I'm getting myself off really good. And we are in public. We're in the backyard. Nobody knows what we're doing. Mm, I you know, like so it's, that. Look at, I like that. Look at the things that get you off and think about how can I do this if I move my face further away? Right. Sadly, like the most risky thing we can do right now is kiss, yeah. which sucks. Yeah. But you know, it's kind of like it's a it's an obverse of what it usually is. It's like, you know, like like doggy style is home run and kissing is first base. Well, now it's the obverse. right. It's just it's you know, like, like Freaky you're, Friday. You're, What's going on? But, you know, roll with it. Yeah. If you if you think kind of I love taking an engineer's mind to things. Mm-hmm. I love thinking about like, what are the what are the things that I need and what are the potential downfalls and how can I mitigate those risks? Yeah. Um, there are people who have fenced in backyards that, you know, you could be outside fucking, you know, until it, until the ground freezes, which point I hope you're in ice play, but (laughs) you could be outside fucking. And it's like, okay, is that relatively like we've dropped the risk? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, at that point you're more in, you know, you're more at risk of other things happening. (laughs) But if you think about what do we know about what reduces risk? Yeah. And what can I do sexually to, to kind of work with that? Mm-hmm. Um, we can definitely find ways to be sexual with people in person that are potentially within our realm of acceptable risks. Right. Now I would say that for somebody who has an autoimmune issue or, you know, I have a number of friends who are undergoing cancer treatment right now. So for them, this is, you know, being in the same room with somebody is not necessarily an option, but maybe they could do some mutual masturbation if the room is big enough or if everybody's wearing a mask. Right. Yeah. You know, so, so I think rather than looking at, well, I can't have it the way that I want it. So I guess I'm not going to have it and shifting that mindset into with these boundaries in place, how creative can I get? Ooh, I like how can that. I play with my fetishes? I like, how that. can I, how can I explore? Yeah. How can I try something new? There's so much new that you can try. Oh. But it's the mindset of, is this going to be a thing that stops me? Or is this going to be a thing that I'm going to make it through it? And I'm going to find a way to maintain those connections. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's just that mindset. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, when I'm in that mindset, I can navigate this a lot better. You know, when I'm like, oh, you know, like I may not be able to go out and have five first dates this month, but I can have one really hot phone session with somebody or, you know, I can do this other thing or I can, you know, 
take a walk with um, somebody for a first date and we'll stay at a distance, but, you know, maybe I'll flirt with them and see how it goes. And maybe we'll end up like sitting in a park kind of talking really dirty to each other real quietly mm-hmm. and getting each other off, you know, from a, from a safe distance. Right. So there's always a way I think to, find some pleasure. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Just like, (laughs) yeah, reframing and and being creative. I think Mm -hmm. we're all in such sort of a depressive state. You know, we're all Eeyore, like, woe is me, can't have the sex. Like, you know, and I I don't know if you just put your coach hat on and gave us like a little like, yeah, here's how you could think outside (laughs) of the box. But thank you. I found it very helpful. Have you heard about Intensity? It's a sexual health and stimulation device that tightens and tones your pelvic floor muscles. It combines pelvic floor health and, with both internal and external vibration, delivers a powerful orgasm. It's a trip to the gym for your pelvic floor. Now, a lot of people might be tempted to call it a vibrator, but it's actually so much more than that. What makes Intensity special is how it tightens and tones your pelvic floor muscles. Most people know Kegel exercises are important, but Intensity does them better by automatically exercising the muscles for you. Intensity is manufactured in the USA to medical-grade standards. While 99% of pleasure-only products are manufactured cheaply and overseas, Intensity's manufacturer has medical roots and makes a variety of FDA-cleared devices to support pelvic floor health and cure incontinence without surgery or pills. They hold themselves to a higher standard, a medical one, which means clearly superior products and results for their customers. Pormois is offering our listeners an additional $25 off intensity when you go to pormois.com and enter the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. You can use this code along with any other code on their website, too. That's $25 off on top of all ongoing promotions when you go to P-O-U-R-M-O-I dot com and use the code SUNNY. That's pormois.com with the code SUNNY. So I want to know, because, you know, working hashtag open, you have access Mm -hmm. to data. And that is one of my fetishes. I love data and trends and like, what are people doing? So Mm -hmm. when you're looking at, you know, I don't even know what kind of data you get, uh, you know, at a dating site, but when you're looking at the data, of you know when the pandemic hit versus maybe like a a year ago or versus you know quote normal times versus what's happening now are you seeing any interesting patterns anything that you can draw conclusions from that probably have to do with the pandemic anything weird there uh maybe not weird but notable yes interesting So, so our um our we we have a number called monthly uniques, which is how many people come into the app that are that are unique users each month. Um, that normally trends seasonally. Uh-huh. This is a thing that happens for all dating apps, and it actually looks a lot like sex toy sales trends. Oh, saying. okay. Uh, you know, January's low. Yep. Yep. Um, February's high, March is high, and then you kind of do a little summer slump. Mm-hmm. Um, the trend lines actually are not that different, oh. but we are growing 
month over month in a big way, like proportionally. Um, we have a lot of new people that are coming in right now, I think is, is kind of the busy season for most dating apps. Mm -hmm. Um, what I have been noticing is that people are really leaning into being very clear in their hashtags, what they're looking for in a way that maybe last year they weren't necessarily like how, um, so with hashtag open, we use hashtags that you can identify your boundaries, your preferences, and your interests. And so you might have somebody that has hashtag spanking as an interest, or they might have like hashtag um, role play as a boundary. Like they don't want to do that, but they're interested in something different. And so as we look at like how those hashtags that people are using have changed, there are a lot of people who are actually saying their hashtags friends they're looking for friends. Hmm. They're looking for more than just an intimate connection. Um, I've also noticed a lot more people that have been interested in things like chastity. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. It's kind of like chastity. play. I love right long now. distance chastity. I actually just made yeah. a TikTok uh, telling people. And by the time this airs, it'll be on my TikTok timeline. So go find it telling people how to do long distance chastity, low tech and cheap making ice locks mm -hmm. to lock mm -hmm. up the key in ice and then using um, a swirl of food coloring as like a, a fingerprint to make sure the sub didn't melt the ice, get one off and then make yeah. new ice, you know? So yeah. yeah, I love long distance chastity. And it is the time for it. Oh, yes, it really is. And I think that people are a little bit more curious about exploring fetishes. Hmm. Um, we're having a lot more of that. We also are finding a lot more people who have been thinking about opening their relationship up or have been thinking about doing a threesome that are now kind of, okay, now I'm going to get in and I'm going to start, we're going to start looking for somebody. Ooh. Um, and uh, I think that a, is there any way to know if these people are, cause my first thought is like, is it because we're doing more meeting and getting to know people online first. So it feels safer mm -hmm. as opposed to like jumping into like, let's all go out to a restaurant and meet immediately. Like, is that a factor or can yeah. you even tell or, or just, I think so. And I think another factor is that um, there have been more articles uh, that I've been watching. Cause I, I keep a watch on what's in the media. There've been more and more people in the last six months talking about, people who are having conversations about opening their relationships up. I think because when you're stuck at home with your partner and you're under a lot of stress, it shows you where the cracks in the relationship are mm. and things that you could kind of bypass before. Um, you know, it's like, this is a pressure cooker. And so I think people who've been a little bit like, Oh, there's still something missing. You know, I haven't been able to explore this part of my sexuality or, you know, I, I kind of am feeling like, that I want some newness or, you know, our sex life has gotten a little kind of boring to us. What can we do to spice it up? I think that some of this is the result of those conversations, mm. you know, and on the positive side, you know, that means that you've got people who are, who are testing the waters and taking it slow rather than kind of coming in and having a bad experience and then giving it up forever. Right. Which is what we worry about, you know, as, as a person who does ethical non-monogamy and who is kinky, I want everybody's first experience to be one that they walk away. And even if they decide it's not for them, they didn't have a bad experience. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. And so people I think are, are, 
willing to ask each other, what is, what, what do we do? Hmm. What can we do sexually to spice things up a little bit? Hmm. And so I, I definitely think that that's part of it. I think another piece of it is that uh, we have people who found out that while they can, you know, while they prefer having sex with partners, it's like the world is what it is. And they may not have those other outlets to meet each other. Yeah. You know, like the meetup groups, Mm -hmm. nobody's meeting up, you know, it's not like the bar wants to have 50 people in it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they'd love to, but it's not like 50 people want to go to the bar. Right. Um, so, so in lieu of that, um, I think, a dating app that leans into creating space for people to connect with each other that they might not be able to go to their normal meeting spaces mm-hmm. is, you know, like that's the thing that people are hitting right now. Ooh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So um, I guess like wrapping it up, I would love for you because you're so good at framing things in in a good way. And even though there were <laughs> there were shining nuggets in this conversation that gave me hope, it's still the whole conversation is heavy. And I don't want the American listeners mm-hmm. to walk away by like, everything sucks, COVID. Yeah. So if you were gonna, you know, leave our American fuckers with like one positive ray of hope or thought to remember, to help us get through this, what would it be? You know, there is nothing that is stopping you from still experiencing pleasure and love and passion. Um, As long as you get creative about it and you trust that this is just one piece of the puzzle of your life. This is just one step. We've got, we've got kind of what we think is going to be a winter where we're not going to have a lot of options. It's just one winter, Mm. you know? It's this is going to pass and we have an opportunity to think about right now, like, what does it really take for me to get off? What does it really take for me to feel good about sex? And right now we have the ability to start making those decisions and start making those choices that when we're on the other side of this, when we can smooch with a stranger, when we can go to a sex party and have sex with two new people that night, we're going to be more empowered because of the time and energy that we're spending now to figure out what does it really take for me to make sure that those experiences are going to be even more mind blowing. Oh, yes. Thank you. That makes me feel better. <laughs> I knew you could do it. Yay. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say like, we have to, you know, like we have to trust that, you know, like that, that in the end we're going to be okay. Yes. Yes. Remember that, everyone. We are going to be fine. You're going to learn new yes, stuff. Yes. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. All yeah. right. So. Yeah. Wait, I have one question what? about hedgehogs. Do they fart? Oh, and the reason no, we're asking masturbate. this, the reason we're they asking. Do? Oh, they is Sarah has a hedgehog, but I want to hear about oh. how your hedgehog masturbates. That was a weird sentence, but tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as I was researching... Uh, I had had a hedgehog previously. As I was researching before I got Nyx, uh, her name is Nyx. 
She came from a wonderful, reputable breeder here in, in the Midwest that is just amazing and gave me the most beautiful little charming prickly pain in the ass hedgehog you could ever imagine. <laughs> um, but as I'm researching, I'm like, oh, is there a difference between the girls and the boys in terms of weather, whether they're going to be higher maintenance, lower maintenance? And what it came down to, and this was my decision, is that uh, hedgehogs masturbate. Um, they have, they have hedgehog owner forms. They'll call it girl time or boy time, which I think is hilarious because as a sex educator, I'm like, they're wanking, you know, why are we, why are we putting this up? Um, but male hedgehogs, uh, in fact, masturbate so vigorously sometimes that they bite themselves because they, their penises are long enough that they can get them into their mouths. Um, there are, if you, if you look, there are hedgehogs who have bitten their own penis off <gasps> in very vigorous, vigorous auto fellatio. And, and um, so that wasn't why I didn't want a boy. I, it, you know, it's like, I don't like if the hedgehog masturbates awesome, like that little creature is living in a cage in my house, whatever joy it can find have at it. Right. You know? Um, but there are multiple uh, people who have asked the question, how do you get dried hedgehog jizz? out of fleece and out of their fur. And, and that was the, that was the determining factor is I was just like, I do not want to like have to, and, and apparently literally I'm reading something and it's like, don't wash it. Just don't, don't just start in the washing machine because that just reconstitutes it. Oh, and then it grows, but it's still stuck on there. And, and so I was just like, okay, this is, this is the line for me is like, I don't care if they're masturbating. I just don't want to have to like make part of my life focused on cleaning dried hedgehog jizz out of stuff. That's, that's, that's my line. Top so. 10 sentences of all time. Wow. <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, you know, on the other hand, it's like we when we talk about things that we do in sex being super normal and we talk about the fact that like animals use sex toys and animals are not monogamous and and some animals do kinky stuff. It's like, you know, if the hedgehog masturbates, then certainly we can we can maybe think, well, maybe it's OK if, if I explore that, too. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so it's, if you ever just want to go down like into the pit of hell, uh, Google like removing uh, hedgehog sperm or removing hedgehog ejaculate. Um, and you will find a couple of websites and that will talk about it in really frank terms. And that is why I, have wow. I know what I'm doing as soon as we get done. What? Oh, you're going to go. Oh, I want to, I want to like, you know, when people are like, what do you do for a living? I want to be like. I am a hedgehog ejaculate removal specialist. <laughs> <laughs> Just see what people say. Oh, my God. Oh okay. My God. On that you know, note, yeah. please tell us where we can find you. And hopefully we'll also lead to pictures of your hedgehog. Maybe not jacking off. I don't know if that's internet appropriate or no, against well, the terms of service. But you know, the other thing is she's generally really private. Oh, so it's like, if she's doing it, I'm not seeing it. She's nocturnal. I'm up in the day. She's having, she has her own little, her own little world. Um, so you can find the app. The app is in the app store, both for iPhone and Android. And the app is called hashtag open. Uh, you can find us on the web at hashtag open spelled out.com. And we also have links to all of the almost 30 videos at, as of today that we've done of our educational series. So you don't even have to be a hashtag open member. You can just go to our website and go to our YouTube channel and watch those. Yes. Um, 
I am at, uh, I'm Sarah Sloan on Twitter and on the Instas. Um, the app is hashtag open on the Twitter and the Instas. Um, and yeah, come check us out. Come find me. Let me know what you thought of this. Come to one of the hashtag open ed series. Bring your sweetie, bring your, bring your, the person that you've been flirting with on hashtag open and, and see if you get some really hot conversations struck up after that. But, um, we, and, and actually, I don't know when this is coming out, so you can cut this if you need to, but, uh, Sunny, we are really excited to be having you come. Yes. This is actually will be released probably about a week before. I am teaching uh, about pervertibles on hashtag open. And for anyone listening, please come. I will have the links to it in uh, the show notes at americansexpodcast.com for this episode. And because it's an interactive platform, I would love for you to bring your favorite pervertible to show to us because I I really want to know. And I'm super excited. And I just have to say that you know, no affiliation, no kickback. I'm not saying this because you're on the show, but I really like hashtag open. It's a, it's a, the, I don't know, the personality, I guess, of the dating app really is for my kind of people and American fuckers yeah. listening. You're probably my kind of people. So then hashtag opens probably your kind of app, like, you know, kinky, yeah. non-monogamous, anyone alt sex, um, yeah. you know, very consent based, very like, it, it's not the bullshit that you find on other apps where people are trying to string you along and like bullshitters, like everyone's really up and up. It's like going to a munch, you know, but it's on a dating app yeah. and it's all your people. So highly yeah. recommended just from a Thank personal you. point of view. Like I said, Sarah's not slide me, you know, money under the table to say it. I just, I really do like the app. So thank you. Thank you so much for that, Sonny. It means a lot to Aww. us. We have, uh, you know, this is, uh, I would love to say that you make a, a ton of money doing like the work that we do, whether it's, you know, you doing the podcast and teaching or me working at the app, like this is not the place where we're making our millions. No. Um, <laughs> but I think that it's a passion project yeah. and what really drew me to the app. And one of the reasons that I love working with you is that it's really clear to me who's doing this because they want to create something amazing for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really glad to be here today and to be part of that for you and for all of the amazing people that listen to your podcast and that follow your work. Yay! Aww, thank you. thank you, thank you. Well, hopefully our American fuckers will hear from you again, and I have a feeling they will. Yes. We'll just have to figure out about what. But until then, <laughs> thank you so much. Alrighty. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week 
on American Sex.